you talk about historically bad shooting and a lot of history was made. He's named head coach twice, 24 hours. I felt like we got traded to the Kings overnight. Steph, that one-liner you said on TNT after the game, uh, you guys, uh, some something, the fact that you guys felt like you were maybe all turned into the Sacramento Kings or some, uh, some yeah, version. I misheard that. I was saying because Mike was the coach, it felt like we all got traded because there was a lot of talk about him being the head coach and obviously all of a sudden now he is the head coach of our team tonight so it wasn't about how we were playing it was about just the vibe of Mike Brown as the head coach of the Kings and and all of a sudden now he's the head coach of two teams so gotta get that straight yeah it's good safe thank you I think he's trying to do his best Steve Kerr impression because they were unhappy with Steve Kerr calling out Dylan Brooks and saying he broke the code I did not really appreciate Taylor Jenkins doing that calling out a player like that trying to get him suspended. Dylan Brooks thing was more egregious. This was just a, a basketball play. I agree with Steph Curry. It was just total BS that that was the narrative after the game. I expect this from a young team who is really losing for the first time and they had expectations and they're not handling it well. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast, and all of them stick except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man, with Stephen Langford and Derek Papa. Stephen, Derek, do you think Fox made Tom Brady audition? No, no chance. Of no, of course not. Ugh. 37 and a half million for the for what is it 10 years 10 years you know he's gonna do all of that contract that is so ridiculous yeah. i'm tired of this i'm i am no longer gonna give him any credit well tom brady took a pay cut he knew this was happening <laughs> i don't think it's fair though that for once in his life he actually gets to pay. it's crazy he gets more money after retirement than he did while playing it's the same thing with aikman right did did Aikman? Yeah, did they make true. that much? Did quarterbacks no, make that? Well, no. Yeah, they didn't make eighteen mil a year at, in, during back his in time, the nineties. Right? No, no, uh, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all to it today. Uh, just your opinion, man. Stephen Langford, Derek Papa. If I sound a little jet lagged, I am. Flew in last night from Buffalo, New York. Oh. Uh yeah. Um, we'll How get was to it? it. I'll get to it. Uh, w- uh yeah. Uh. Sorry, my brain is fried. Ugh. All right. So we'll talk about it all today. Warriors, all of the stuff that went on with the two wins, the chirping from the Grizzlies. Tom Brady sets up his life after you know retirement. Some NFL schedule leakage, uh, NBA news. And we'll talk about uh, what's going on with old Marky Mark and the Raiders. Oh, boy. Mm, that, that news got swept under the rug. It did. It it came out on a Friday night, and uh, ooh, and, and I was on the East Coast when that story hit, and uh, yeah, good timing. So no one really noticed it, but I did, and a lot of Raider fans did. Mm, I'm assuming your pops did too. Oh yeah, we talked about it. I'll get <laughs> all into it, my man. We'll talk about it all. But real quick, Stephen, um, how was your Mother's Day? I know that Saturday was a special day. You got to. Honor your father. He was big with the Little League community, uh, refereeing games. So how was that? Umpiring, Derek. Get it right. Sorry, my bad. I told you my brain's fried. But <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> no, he uh yeah, they got his they had a plaque with his name on it and everything and at the field and it was a softball field that he was doing it at and uh half the people, well actually more than half had no clue who this was, but he was the guy like behind the scenes that made everything go and they just have no idea. So that was that was pretty interesting doing that before the game. But uh yeah, man, it's Monday. Mother's Day was good. Mother's nice. Day was good. Just went to old, uh this place called Uncle John's Pancakes down the street. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was first come, first serve place. I made it seem to my family, and I'm I don't know if they're watching this, um that uh I made it seem like, yeah, I'm, this place is awesome. This is, I mean, first come, first serve. They don't take reservations. And uh, it totally hid the fact that I just didn't make a reservation in time. So I was scrambling <laughs> for a last second idea. And uh, luckily, the place down the street was like first come, first serve. So all well, all's well that ends well. Then ended up watching the Miami Grand Prix for the rest of the day. Oh, how'd that go? Who won? Was it Lewis Hamilton? No, nah, it was Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton. Oh, Verstappen. The other Hamilton, guy I know. Hamilton not winning right now. Hamilton stinks, to be honest. Huh. Yeah. That's the strange. Car is, the car's not good. The, the Mercedes car is not good. Uh, each That's what makes it so interesting is each year the car is different. It changes um, because they have to make modifications to it to try and even the playing field. And Mercedes just can't catch up with Red Bull and Ferrari right now. It's those two teams. Mercedes is, I mean, they're in third. But, you know, it can't catch up right now. Hamilton, not feeling it. How long is the Grand Prix race itself? Uh, it varies in laps depending on how big the track was. Uh, this one in Miami was 57 laps. Okay. So uh, it takes about uh, the, the lap time. It depends. It, it takes oh, just about like minute 10, minute 20 to get around that track. So really you're looking at a time depending on uh, if there's no crashes, which they're almost always is you're looking at about a two hour watch time maybe a little mm. more than that that's a long that's you know worth the watch more than two minutes for the kentucky derby jesus what a spectacle that is god and then just two minutes it's over i know I it's never, horses i never it. really watched it before like i always watch the highlights i always watch the end result and the highlight was fantastic like watching that whatever the horse's name was uh strike strike rich rich strike rich isn't it rich. is it Rich Strike. So so I was in Buffalo and every year I guess uh my grandma my my grandfather who passed away a few years ago, uh he loved watching the Kentucky Derby. So they all got together and watched it and some of my family members bet on some of the horses. My dad claims that he bet he was going to bet Rich Strike. As soon as the horse won, he goes, Damn, that was the horse I was gonna pick. And everybody's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, Greg. And I'm like, Yeah, mm-hmm. You should also have seen him back in 1968. He bet the Jets to beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I feel like he'd be getting very technical through it, like acting like he's been watching tape on these horses for years. <laughs> basically, basically, I woke up. I woke up at four in the morning and I watched this three <laughs> times over, Derek. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, and God, yeah, that whole thing. The Kentucky Derby is more of a party than a, a sporting event at this oh, point. Oh yeah. Oh, like, 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 who's that singer that had himself? Picked up, so his shoes wouldn't get in the sand. Jack Harlow. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, it's it's pretty sad what's happening with Jack, Jack Harlow. Hard on. He's he's really popular through uh through social media and whatnot. Of course he is. But, uh, people are starting to realize that 
he does not make uh good music. Mm. <laughs> he's like I'm so I I think he's a good dude and he's charismatic and you know he he's he's funny. He's uh he he's like, you know, he very smart, very intelligent, but his music is just the same. I've listened to this dude ever really since he was on the come up because the once the first time I heard of him was when I went to a Bonnaroo mu- Music Festival in Tennessee three years ago. And he was like one of these young up and coming rappers who was on the small stage. And he uh, I watched him and he was talented, but he hasn't changed since. It's like, dude, you got to evolve. And he yeah. just does it. So he came out with a new album. Everyone's going crazy over it. It's like, this is so, as the kids say, this is the new thing, Derek. This is what the kids say now. Oh, tell me about it, Steven. Mid. Excuse me? It's mid. Like mid-level? Yeah. Okay. So it's a, well, his, it's a, his his effort in saying uh, whatever the thing that you say to start the, the, the Kentucky Derby, that was mid. I didn't see that. What do you, yeah, what do you have to say? It's just like it's not like start your engines, obviously, because they're horses, but whatever, whatever, like get on your horses. I don't know what the fuck they say. Oh, they don't have to like make a trumpet noise or something. There probably is. And people drink mint juleps and dress like it's 1930s. It seems like a fun time. I would love to go. You mean Trump juleps? But yeah. What? You mean mid juleps? Mid juleps? Nice one, Stephen. Uh, but yeah, I was in Buffalo over the weekend, and it was good to see family. Um, a little bittersweet because my grandma's not doing well, but it was great to see her. And uh, God, I will say about Buffalo, no one cares about the Sabres. That was a hockey town for the longest time. No one gives a shit. It is the Buffalo Bills 24-7. You listen to sports talk radio. Every day they're literally talking about, so who are the Bills going to play? Are the Bills going to play the Rams in the opener? It is just like nonstop Bills, 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 like Destiny's Child. Is say <laughs> wait are the are the Sabers like good? No, dude, they're are... terrible, and they are like one of the worst attendants in all of hockey right now, which is baffling because Buffalo is a hockey town, but they do not care now. Yeah, I mean, if if yes man taught us anything, it's that Buffalo is a Sabers town. <laughs> That's, don't you dare, sir! It's Bruce Almighty. What? Oh, what did I say? Yes, man. Ah, damn it! Don't my you bad. dare compare the two, even though they're very similar. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, whatever. Jim Carrey, mid two thousands. What do you think? Well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was mid. Those those those, those movies were mid. Uh, um, Bruce Almighty was fine. Actually, yes, Bruce Almighty was better than mid. I can't believe I'm saying this shit now, but I will say this: JetBlue. Uh, I went on your airline thinking that I would fly back and have the service that you promote in watching Direct TV, so I can watch the Warriors game. It, it did not work. So instead of watching Boston and Milwaukee. And the Warriors and Grizzlies, I had to watch the Kurt Warner movie. And boy, does that movie suck. Oh, it was bad? Oh, it was bad. I mean, like, the first half of it before he goes into the NFL is actually all right. It's very uh, Christian-y, I'll Mm. say that. Um, And it's all right. I think Zach Levy does an all all right job playing Kurt Warner. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, they, good God, Dennis Quaid as Dick Vermeil was a little over the top. Um, yeah, it was, what the were the, like, what were the actual football scenes like? They rushed it. They have him join the Rams within the last 20 minutes of the movie. He has a great performance week one in 1999 against the Ravens. And they have this guy that looks nothing like Ray Lewis play Ray Lewis. <laughs> and then it just fast forwards to the Super Bowl and him throwing the touchdown pass to Isaac Bruce and yay, Kurt Warner. That's so wait, you don't you don't see a lot of like on field play really? No. 
It's kind of like uh, winning time when there's not a lot of basketball played, actually. Yeah, there's not a ton played. It, it's it's grown on me, that show. But no, it's, it's good. That's love uh, to watch the finale, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know this dude is canceled, and you're not supposed to talk about him anymore or reference anything from his stand-ups, but really? I, always go back, I always go back to Louis C.K.'s Hilarious whenever someone's complaining about airplanes and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, you're flying! You're in the air! You're in a contraption in the air! You shut up! You're flying! This is amazing! I think it's okay to... I mean, like, obviously, you don't have to condone what Louie did. about having cable in the middle of a plane. <laughs> I know, but that's what I paid for, Steven! <laughs> that's the service of JetBlue! Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just And it's, also, it pissed me off, because, like, I, I, I don't have headphones anymore. I have these that are, you know... I leave with my laptop, but I have AirPods, so I don't have headphones. When they come through with headphones, they're like, "All right, six dollars." But like, you gotta be fucking kidding me! No, that is that is the tra- that is a travesty. I'm used to be used to getting these crappy headphones in a clear Saran wrapped, you know, thing, and it's for free. Is it? You yeah. Pay for headphones? What is this? I know, not a fan, not a fan. Yeah. Speaking of comedians that you can't reference anymore, hmm. in the words of Dave Chappelle, Stephen, where's Ja? And I'll tell you where Ja is. Not playing in the series anymore because it just came out that he has a bone bruise in his knee and he will be out for the remainder of these playoffs. It's sad. I like John Morant. Um, I think the Warriors had a hard time defending him. But we'll get all into it. I did not like anything that went on in the post game of game three. You kind of look like Taylor Jenkins. All right. Jesus. <laughs> I knew that was coming. All right, let's start with Saturday night. We had a three-day layover. You know what else? I mean, my, my, my little brother tells me sometimes I look like Nick Nurse. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Fuck you, too. <laughs> Jesus, the Grand Prix is going on outside. Yeah, all right. All right. My God. <laughs> oh. All right. So there was a three-day layover where the Warriors did not play. And, um, God, if you were in the Suns, Mavericks, 76ers, uh, who are they playing? Uh, Heat series. Mm-hmm. That was unfair because they played in their cities one day, had a day of rest, and then had to play immediately in the next city the next day. Whereas the Warriors, Grizzlies, Boston, Milwaukee had three days off. Yeah, I know it's with TV purposes and everything, but man, that was that was ridiculous. We had no basketball on Thursday night. Um. For Cinco de Mayo, which I don't know what the reasoning is for that, so we watched hockey. But yeah, um, I uh, I uh, went on the air the next morning. I said there were no sports going on last night, and it's like there's a slate of baseball games, a little Stanley Cup playoff action. I was like, wait a second, there's just no basketball. Huh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, so we waited until Saturday, and there was a great game between the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks. You can make the argument that Marcus Smart was going to get the three off in time for the foul, but mm. in the end, they don't get the victory. They tied the series up last night. But Saturday night, we have game three, Warriors and Grizzlies, and it wasn't official. I think the last time we did a podcast, even, but uh, Dylan Brooks did get suspended, rightfully so, in my opinion. You can make the argument that you know he didn't you know broke the code. We'll get all into that shit. Mm. But as far as Saturday night's game, um, we were wondering who was going to be in the starting lineup. And Steve, uh, Steve Kerr went with the rookie, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, started the game. And I thought it was rough. Who? Uh, I, you know, my dad, we were, I was watching the game with my pops, and he was like, I like the move. And I was like, okay, we'll see how it pans out. He's a rookie. And while he defended well, just was not looking 
good offensively, and it was just kind of not flowing well at all. They all were, you know, he was like a twenty-year-old. Like, like that's what he looked like on offense. Yes, defense. Because I, I know exactly where you're coming from with the defense too. It's like he was the one instantly on Jaw. Then when Jaw tried to, you know, get into the paint and try to blow by him, he didn't let him do that. I was actually very impressed by that. But then he'd take the ball all the way up the other end of the court and then just yeah, don't don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Committee. He doesn't need to do that every single time. Like he's so skilled athletically and he'll learn uh, as time comes. But yeah, he he hasn't looked that good. Like I don't I'm not with uh, the way that Porter Otto Porter Jr. is playing right now. Like I don't see a place where you can really find the Kaminga minutes. Maybe yeah. somewhere in the second quarter if Porter's struggling. But Porter is, has been, according to the plus-minus stats, if you pay attention to any of that, he's leading the team right now. He's at a plus-53 overall when he's on the court. Jordan Poole is at a plus-50. And when Porter's off the court, he's at a uh, team leading, like, minus-23. They're just not good with him. On, they're better with him on the court, and they're terrible yeah. with him off the court compared to all these other players. It's kind of it's actually kind of wild that Porter Jr. is the guy that uh that that has the top of that number but yeah man it's you know I, i'm not really too worried about it. i'm not saying oh yeah Kaminga, i'm worried for his career but yeah I don't, I don't think they're gonna start him anytime soon well we'll see about that because they started him last night too but yeah Kaminga just needs to learn there's sometimes where i'm baffled that draymond just doesn't does not shoot the ball at all anymore and just takes you know if it's a wide open lane he'll dunk it but he avoids all offensive play now yeah it's 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 which, which Kaminga could do, but we'll see for sure. But it's also I, I don't know with Draymond like Draymond misses up these wide open opportunities, but I've also seen him talk about it and he talks about it with guys who are the same position as he is. who normally play the four and they all kind of laugh at people who say they're passing up open shots. They're like, we have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Jordan Poole sometimes we have a couple of the greatest shooters ever and you want me to take an open <laughs> shot when I still got some time left me really you know so I do understand where you're coming from because there were a couple instances in the past two games like he had one that was just wide open in the corner and I'm like dude just take the shot it's okay Draymond you could take one shot here you don't have to yeah. try and create something out of nothing but uh yeah I, I see where you're coming from but I also wonder man like Draymond the emotions had to be running just oh, so hard for him. Of course. And I had no team. clue that Adrian Payne was his roommate of two and a half years till on the way into the studio today when I started listening yeah. to his podcast and he started talking about Adrian Payne. I was like, damn, I had no clue. So I, I, I I'm so I'm shocked that he actually even played. Like I'd be just way too emotionally drained to do anything if that sort of thing happened to me. But knowing Draymond, the emotions probably helped him with the game as well. So, yeah, yeah. that was terrible. I, I, you know, I saw his tweet with the broken hearts, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is in reference to. And then yeah. you find out it's just terrible. But um, as far as the game on Saturday night, and, you know, Stephen, I hear what you're saying with Draymond. You know, there's obviously often better offensive players on the team. Mm -hmm. And Draymond, you know, since Kevin Durant joined the team, he just became strictly a defensive player. But before that, we saw him make threes. He hit eight threes in the game. I want to say it was eight. Maybe yeah. um, maybe I'm exaggerating. Was it eight threes in Game Seven when they lost to the Cavs? I think it was, was eight. Yeah, he was he was going to be MVP that night, but obviously yeah. they lost they lost that series. Um, he's capable of being an offensive player, but that's not the point. The point is, even though the Warriors did not come out swinging with six uh, of eight, six of eight from six three. of eight. Okay, that's right. 
Um, even though the Warriors did not look sharp to start game three, man, oh man, they dominated the rest of that game. Yeah. Uh, 142 points scored, just dominant on both ends. And the key was they defended everybody else and let John Morant do his thing. And everybody else played great. Um, Clay Thompson got out of his head. And I think that's the key, honestly. I heard Mark Spears talk about it today on my pop show where the time the, the when Clay has time to rest, he plays better. And these, you know, play day off, play again games are kind of rough for him given his injury. So we'll see how that goes going forward because the rest of these series are going to be every other day. But just as far as game three, um, 142 points scored. Um, and yeah, it was just what we expect from the Golden State Warriors. They were incredible. Um, we almost got, I mean, it's hard to say we're going to get the Andrew Wiggins game at this point. There may be a time when we do, but Andrew Wiggins, I'm going to lay off. He has shown force and um, he's going to the rack hard now. He's uh, been my MVP of the team so far, dude. You think he's so? Been, I think he's just been through and through. Like, maybe not the and MVP might be a little too strong. I kind of more enforced that on the show this morning just so I could, like, like, uh, like, ex- what's the word? What's the word? So I could elevate what he was doing because, like, mm-hmm. Wiggins just rebounding the basketball, playing good defense, doing everything that's asked of him. Like, he hasn't really made many mistakes except for maybe missing that open three in game two. Yeah. Like, he's been so damn important. Like, that, it, it, as Ernie just commented, literally, the word important. Like, <laughs> that's it right there. Like, he has been important to this team. Like, this small ball unit, which they've essentially been rolling out there this entire, this entire series. Like, they haven't really played Kavon Looney too much. Like we kept talking about the three guard lineup. How about the fact that they've just been rolling with like a small ball unit the entirety of the uh, of, of the series? Yeah. Like I mean, they had Kavon Looney in who got gave him some really valuable minutes these past couple of games. I think Looney's been one of those guys too. But Wiggins has just been he's been unreal, man, in rebounding the basketball. His he was averaging like four rebounds a game in break. Yeah, he's great season. at it. He's and great at he's, it. He's only had one game where he's had less than six, and that was in game three when really there weren't that many shots to get rebounds. Like there weren't a lot of misses in that game. Not a lot of opportunities for rebounds. So, and he had five offensive and five defensive, like who would have thought that from Wiggins? And it's, you know, there is that old, that, that old, uh, you know, the, the devil on your shoulder saying, well, he could have done this more, you know, throughout the regular season. Well, he's doing it now. Damn it. So who can, no, he's no, I, he's playing more aggressive and that's all I ask of him. He's doing great on the boards. Andrew Wiggins is playing great. Game three, yeah, Poole and Curry were dominant. Uh, Poole more. I mean, Curry, you know, I don't know what's going on from three, and we'll talk about that more with last night's game. Yeah. But uh, Clay Thompson was back in his groove. You know, he's four of six from three. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. played great in game three. Um, just look at the box score here real quick. Yeah, Poole with 27, mm-hmm. Curry with 30, Clay Thompson with 21. Kaminga even with 18 uh, points, but that was more in garbage time. And Wiggins, yeah, 12, 17. Of, those, 12 of those were in the fourth uh, in yeah. the fourth quarter in garbage time. And then, uh, yeah, Otto Porter Jr., man, he's been playing great from three, man. Three of five in game three, uh, 13 points. The Warriors just dominated on both ends of the floor. They came out. Uh, and I got to give props. I know I called out Chase Center. Um, both games, they have been engaged and fantastic. And it's not going to be Oracle Arena, but uh, Chase Center 
Warriors haven't lost a game yet. So um, props to Chase Center so far, especially the woman last night telling Draymond Green, hey, 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 calm down, acting like, you know, like all of us and like my mom when I freak out. Just, hey, it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Relax, Draymond. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, and then they all boo Dylan Brooks last night in Game Four. It was just, it was beautiful. So thought, good job, uh, Center. Yeah, I thought that people were way too harsh on it because naturally, when no, not you, but like in last night's game when the team's starting off zero for fifteen from three, yeah. and you don't know who to blame, someone has to complain about something within the world of the Warriors, and if it's not going to be about shooting, it's going to be about well, the Chase Center crowd isn't awake. It's like no, they had nothing this, to do with it. The Warriors weren't bri- awake. This team just bricked fifteen straight threes, yeah. and the Grizzlies are not doing much better. Like they were, they were, they only made like two. So it was, it was very poor offensive basketball last night. So I dare any crowd to get into that game and somehow cheer after the twelfth three that just goes off the end of the rim. And it's not even like they were taking bad shots either. They had some good open looks, and they just couldn't knock them down. Plus the turnovers were really frustrating too. Like yeah. every everything about yesterday's game was frustrating. So I, I didn't I didn't get the criticism of Chase Center crowds. Like everyone, someone's just trying to find something to complain about. Yeah. Well, let's. I mean, it, you know, I understand everyone's frustration with last night, but in the end, they won the game and they're up three one. But before we get to that, wear the goddamn after- shirt though, people. Come on, like. Yeah, I know. I, these shirts aren't they don't they don't give you these shirts so you could take them home and put them in a frame so you could remember when you go to game four. Like, no, you could do that. But the main purpose is so you wear them at the game and you're I'm all you. in unison. It makes a difference. And I don't know. I think they gave away the black ones again. They need to make yellow shirts pronto like yellow shirts are just different. Oh, yeah. And the key to these shirts are also so you and I have, you know, clothes to work out in for years to come. Or just I still use those. Yeah, I still wear mine on a regular basis. Oh God, yeah, all the time to sleep in to work out. Uh But no, for everyday life, like for everything, I don't sleep and work like those are. That's just throwaway. Like I use them as actual clothes. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe I need new shirts. Yeah, maybe I need new shoes, man. I had my uncle help me out with uh, putting some tape on the bottom of my shoes. Oh boy, holes in my shoes. Anyway. So the Warriors win by 30 Saturday night, 142 to 112. And I wish the talking point after that game was, God, the Warriors dominated. But no, it turned into the Grizzlies just complaining. And um, listen, no one wants to see John Moran hurt. I don't want to see John Moran hurt. I want to see, like, I mean, I think last night if John Moran plays in game four, we lose that game. I could be completely honest. He probably gives the Grizzlies life and offense. But uh yeah, that it was it was tough to watch offensively, but we'll get to the game last night. As far as uh, game three, post game, John Moran left early in the fourth quarter. The game was over at that point, but something was up with his knee. And Taylor Jenkins seems to me like a nice coach. Uh I like him. I like this Grizzlies team, even though that they are gritty and tough and the Dylan Brooks stuff, I respected them. But, you know, it's kind of like when the Pistons played the Bulls in the early 90s. There was, you know, animosity and they were were physical, but they also were, you know, uh, they respected each other until they didn't shake their hands at the end of the series. But after the game, uh, Taylor Jenkins goes to the podium and uh, says that the John Moran injury was caused or triggered by Jordan Poole yanking, yanking John Morant's knee. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And if anyone's seen that play, it was not a yank. This isn't crank yankers. This wasn't some ridiculous thing where he's trying to you know, punch out his knee, break his kneecap. It's ridiculous. He was going for the ball. If anyone sees the play in its entirety, Jordan Poole gets the ball out of John Morant's hand. He's trying to go for the ball, and he hits his knee by accident. And obviously, yes, that may have triggered something, but there's also speculation that that's not the play that Jordan Poole got injured. It happened earlier in the series, early series, earlier in the game, where Clay Thompson shooting a three, and then John Morant gets into him and hurts his knee. Now you could say that Jordan Poole triggered it there, but it's not intentional. And for Taylor Jenkins to do that is, I think he's trying to do his best Steve Kerr impression because they were unhappy with Steve Kerr calling out Dylan Brooks and saying he broke the code. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't appreciate. I listen. I know that John Moran did what he did in the tweet. I did not really appreciate Taylor Jenkins doing that calling out a player like that, trying to get him suspended, just like Steve Kerr tried to do with Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks' thing was more egregious. This was just a a basketball play. I agree with Steph Curry. It was just total BS that that was the narrative after the game. And um, John Morant tweets out, uh, broke the code with the the video of what happened on the play. And I just think that's just so just disrespectful. But... That's that's how they, that's how they want to roll. That's that's how we'll go here. Um, yeah, but isn't he clearly wrong? Like Ernie put it perfectly. Pull his knee accidentally, and that caused a bone bruise, not a knee grab. Like the bone bruise is the reason why he's not in for the rest of the series. There's no way that Jordan Poole could have caused a bone bruise on that play, nor could have Andrew Wiggins when they double teamed him. It was yeah. the play earlier when that happened. And yeah, I'm agree. I agree with you. And this team, the Grizzlies, like. I expect this from a young team who is really losing for the first time. Like this is the first time that they're losing. That's that's just straight up it. And they had expectations and they're not handling it well. Although Brandon Clark kind of changed my mind because Brandon Clark went out there and he was really the only one who admitted that it was a dirty play by Brooks. Everyone yeah, else did. just kind of yeah. swept it under the rug. Um, but I expect that from players. Don't expect that from a head coach. coach. Yeah. Like he needs to be better than that. Um and Steve Kerr had the right to be pissed off because his star player just broke his elbow. And clearly it was because of the play from Dylan Brooks. Like if Dylan Brooks wasn't there, then that elbow's not hurt. If Jordan Poole doesn't grab Jaws knee, like, or doesn't graze it. I mean, I think we'd still be seeing the same injury right now to Ja Morant. Of course. Then if, and then if it actually didn't happen. So I'm I'm just it's totally rubbing me the wrong way. The way that he's handled everything, calling the uh the refs against the Timberwolves arrogant back in game six or whatever it was, game five, game six. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a bad look, man, through and through, and then doubling down on it the next day on the Sunday. Yeah. Just just he he's he's really made himself damn near enemy number one over Dylan Brooks, man. Dylan Brooks at least says he could he would take that hit back if he could. Taylor Jenkins hasn't been wrong about anything. And then you got all these fans in Memphis who are just starting to bring the racism out. It's not even undertones. It's just blatant racism. What's going on with that? You didn't see the Fox 13 Memphis guy? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. He uh he revert he referred to uh he referred to Draymond Green. Like, I don't even want to say it like what he referred to Draymond Green as, but he used a racist term okay. that that insinuated that Draymond Green is is an ape, is a gorilla. Mm. And it's like, dude, mm. 
and it was he's from Fox 13 Memphis. He was the chief meteorologist. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Like Memphis I love basketball analysts from the Weatherman. And he doesn't like speak for the Memphis fan base. I get it, but for all of this to happen, like just nobody in Memphis right now is looking any good. Nobody. Yeah. No. I'm with you, Steven. Uh, the players can act the way they want to. John Morant usually tweets something out after every game, so he's young. He'll learn. Taylor Jenkins, I've just been appalled by and his everything he says. And good on our guy, Mark Spears, just calling him out after the game, being like, so he yanked it? He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We, we, come on, talk on it. You know, you, mm. you're accusing the guy of yanking the knee. Let's, let, let's, let's talk about this. And, yeah, Clay Thompson had the best line of the night. I don't think Jordan Poole's strong enough to hurt someone's knee. And that's that's the truth. And I, I love what Draymond said too. Everyone wants to paint the Warriors as some, you know, soft jump shooting team. And as soon as they they play physical back at you, everyone gets mad. Everyone gets butthurt about it. So it is what it is. Uh Taylor Jenkins was trying to get the league to look into the Jordan Poole situation. And funny enough, the league came back and said, nah, nothing's happening here. Yeah, and it's a shame that John Morant missed the game. I like, like Steve, like Steph Curry said, no one wants John Morant hurt. Warriors fans don't root for injuries. I don't think NBA. I don't think NBA fans root for injuries in general. But to associate that with that play is just ridiculous. And I know this has been tweeted, you know, by numerous people, including me. But what about the Desmond Bain play where he goes at Jordan Poole's legs? Is that not breaking the code? Right. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's in and in, in with the slow-mo, it's so much easier just to look at the player and say they intentionally did that. It's kind of like in football with the 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 penalty for a personal foul, unnecessary roughness when a player puts his full body weight on the quarterback. Yeah. Like there there's nothing that that player can do because it's just happening so quick in real time, and the player has no other option but to put his full body weight on on the quarterback, because if he tries to not do that, then he could hurt himself rather mm-hmm. than the, I mean, as opposed to just, you know, trying to get a sack on the quarterback, like that pool play, how quickly it all happened, watching it back in real time. How could Jordan pool even think, yeah, I'm going to yank this dude's knee. You know, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, here we go. It's so loose ridiculous. Ball, finally, the loose ball. I'm going to yank his knee. Like that's not going to happen. And then it's the same thing with, Desmond Bain in slow-mo it looks terrible but who knows maybe he just didn't intentionally fall that way and he just happened to fall into Jordan Poole's legs I don't know what's intentional or not anymore no one knows but it's just they're they're just trying to figure out ways here because they're losing that's it they're losing that's why that is true and I don't think and like you know the bottom line is that yes Warriors fans are mad at Dylan Brooks for what he did to Gary Payton too but no one's saying that he did that intentionally, tried to hurt him. I don't, I don't think that happened. No. I think it was just a dirty play. And, you know, you can't do that. You, no, it, you can't. But I'm also glad the league only suspended him for one game because he was the yeah. MVP in game four. Oh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks was? Yeah. I mean, you talk about the biggest reasons for the Warriors winning. <laughs> Dylan I mean, Brooks was awful. Oh, well, yeah. Well, Kyle Anderson, good Lord. That guy cannot shoot a basketball. Yeah, but he was actually okay. He was okay. At, I mean, defensively, I think a little bit better, but like, God, free throws? Yikes. Yeah, the free throws were terrible, but he was at least getting buckets. Dylan Brooks at times. Shit. I mean, the, the real MVP for the Grizzlies last night was, um, God, I keep forgetting his name. Jackson Jr. What's his first name? Jaron. 
Jaron Jackson Jr., him defensively last night was amazing. His block on Steph Curry was great, but apparently there's some issues with Draymond Green's block, but we'll talk about that a little bit. Game four was last night. No John Morant, and I didn't know about this until I landed last night after the game. Um, Steve Kerr, we all saw him wearing the mask on Saturday. I guess he had COVID symptoms, and I guess he tested positive and did not coach um, in the game yesterday. And it's, it's funny. I don't think we'll ever see this again. Well, maybe we will. Uh, Mike Brown was named head coach for two different franchises in the span of a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, he will be the new Kings head coach, and he had to fill in for Steve Kerr once again. And when I found that out, I didn't freak out at all because we know Mike Brown. He's more than capable of doing this. He filled in for Steve Kerr during the 2016 finals where they didn't lose a game until the finals. Mm. And... He what he was eleven and zero going into the eleven and zero filling in for Steve Kerr going into the game last night. They go with Kaminga again, and it was rough. It was rough for three quarters. Let's just be blunt. It was probably the worst offensive game I've seen for the Warriors in the Steve Kerr era in the playoffs. No one could make a three except for Otto Porter. It was you. I kept thinking like, is this going to be the time where Andrew Wiggins, you know, goes in the post? And this is this the game? Yeah. They kept with the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies. Had a great game plan defensively, but they were struggling offensively without John Morant. And it was a low-scoring, 90s-style basketball game for three quarters. And then Steph Curry comes to life in the fourth quarter, makes some clutch threes. And it was just a the Warriors beat the Grizzlies at their own game. They played gritty in the fourth quarter. They got to the free throw line. Steph Curry didn't miss a shot on the free throw line. And in the end, they pull out a much-needed victory. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't what we're used to with the Warriors, and I know a lot of people are giving them shit today, but it's a win. And I think it says more about the Warriors winning that game than losing that game. If they would have lost that game and the series is 2-2 going back to Memphis, obviously that's not going to make John Moran come back, but it makes you worried a little bit. The fact that it's up 3-1, John Moran is not coming back in this series, and that's unfortunate, but all of the positive vibes are going the Warriors' way right now. Yeah, I agree, and... uh I mean, I've got to pull up something later. Um, He's pulling it up later. (laughs) Later. But everyone was blaming Mike Brown for that. Why? (laughs) It's so funny. It's like, oh, come on. Are you serious? I need to find something to complain about. Mike had nothing to do with it. Jesus. Mike Brown was the one missing all those shots. Everyone blames Mike Brown. Remember during the the Spurs series where he was driving to the arena? And the mm. cops pulled him over. Yeah, I remember. He was like that. active head coach. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 stop. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was great. No, nah, man, I I don't know how they pulled that one out, and it shouldn't matter. Like this game was huge. Every other series is two two right now. The next yep. two out of the three games are going to be played at Memphis. Now you didn't know that uh, Jaw was going to be out for the rest of the series with Jaw out. Um, <laughs> this team's going to have problems closing out games. That's for sure. Um, you know, their defense is inst- it, like infinitely better, though, without jaw on the court. I don't know if we're going to get a good shooting night uh, again from Steph, Clay or Poole. We're going to have to uh, see more efficiency from them because uh, the Grizzlies are long. They can guard the perimeter. And they also got a, got a couple of guys with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson who can protect the rim. So they're going to have to figure out something in order to get more efficient shots and try to maybe attack the rim a little more because that was something they weren't really doing yeah. yesterday. They had open threes, um, but they'd also get closed out on pretty quickly. I don't think they expected that. So I am interested to see how uh, Mike Brown adjusts in that one. But 
you're up three <laughs> one. You're up three one. There's nothing to complain about after that yeah. game. It was a poor shooting night, but after all, you have all but won this series now. Like you are very close to that. And tonight you got Suns and the Mavs. You you're probably gonna be playing one of those two teams. Like it's looking very much like that. We are officially watching them and studying them and seeing who's the better matchup. Like that's I where love I'm scouting. Mm. Mm. Especially along, yeah. We the earlier the earliest this Western Conference Finals could start for the Warriors is either on next Monday or next Wednesday, depending on what happens in the Mavs and Sun series. But um, yeah, Stephen, uh, fans need to get over their blame for Mike Brown because he's coaching again tomorrow. Steve Kerr did not make the trip to Memphis. Um, I hope Steve gets well. That concerns me a little bit. If he uh, is, you know, he's he, he has tested positive for COVID. So the protocol now with COVID with players is if you feel symptoms and you want to say something, then you say something and you get tested. Uh, everyone's able to do their own thing, but I would tell the Warriors. If you feel sick, just don't say anything, please. <laughs> yeah, just don't go out. Don't do anything. No. Please stay home as yeah. much as you can. I mean, although they're on a flight, so stay in your hotel room, please. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I at least at least Kerr didn't travel with the team like on their way to Memphis or something like that. That would have been a lot worse if he was in like an enclosed area with yeah. all of them. That could have been that could have yeah. been dicey. That's just the one thing I worry about right now is just hopefully, you know, knock on wood, nothing spreads or anything like that. But it seems like everything is good for right now. Yeah, for right now. Uh, COVID stops for nobody, though. It does make yeah, me nervous. I know. Um, and I would, you know, hopefully Mike Brown, I mean, he he knows. he's a, He's been a head coach before. He'll make adjustments. Um, I would put Otto Porter Jr. in the starting lineup now just to get a little more offense going in the first quarter. And – they're going to be coming out for blood in Memphis, um, those fans. I would tell all the Warriors players, just listen to whoop that trick on repeat until the game because you're going to be hearing that a lot in the arena, um, mm-hmm. that song from Hustle and Flow. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be tough. It's, it's always tough to close out a series, especially out on, on the road. So as I always say, Stephen, we'll see what happens. But Taylor <laughs> Jenkins, again, last night, what happened on the what 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 even Draymond what Draymond Green block is he referring to that he thinks that the league should look into that final shot that Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, tried to the force when there? they were down three yeah good lord are you serious yeah he was well although I think we're looking at that in a different way I listened to his post game after and he said I I'd be curious to see what the the two minute report says there because he felt there was contact he wasn't saying there was a blatant contact he wasn't saying it should have been a foul. He was just saying that he was curious to see okay. that. I think we're, I think we're making a little much of those ones just because of who Taylor Jenkins is. But there's no stopping fans whenever they have this mindset right now. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no convincing of that Taylor Jenkins isn't trying to, you know, isn't trying to essentially cheat his way through this. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, every post game now, it's him going. I'm curious to see what the league does about this. All right, Taylor, you're obviously upset with what Steve Kerr did. Just let it go, dude. Just let yeah. it go. Yeah, yeah. Lord. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I got sorry, respect. Go I, I got respect for his play calling, man, and what he does on the court. But the way he's handled himself off the court makes it look at him a little different. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, I had a lot of respect for the Grizzlies coming into this series, and I have lost a little bit of it. I think they're still a great basketball team, but the way they conduct themselves when they are things are not going their way, yuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of. Except for Steven Adams. Steven Adams forever. Yeah, with the reporter calling him fat. Yeah, what are you? Call me fat, mate. You wanker. 
You wine cat. <laughs> I love him. He's the best. I'm, yeah, I'm, that was I'm, fine. I've loved him ever since he was with OKC. I love Stephen Adams. When uh, when Draymond Green was kicking him in the gonads. Yeah, that or when he was uh, when he had to shoot two free throws at the end of the game to ice it, and he's a terrible free throw shooter. And the announcer asked his thoughts at the end of the game, and he said, "I absolutely shit my pants." <laughs> So good. He's the best. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Mike Brown. Listen, I don't know why people are giving him shit. It, this is a real thing today. Like, on the morning show, people were saying Mike Brown was the cause for the offense not being uh, good. A couple of callers here and there. They weren't too happy with um him putting Kaminga. Not Bonte and Shasky. Bonte and Shasky. Uh, were being reasonable. No, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. I'm yeah, they were fans. being re- they were being reasonable with it. But the callers are, are were like, some of them were mad that they didn't play Kaminga more. That Damian Lee got mm, some minutes, but yeah. in reality, Damian Lee had a bad game. But in the minutes that he was on the court in the last game, he didn't look too bad in Game Three. I know he's been missing shots, but he was playing with a lot of energy and knowing where to be, which is just as good as Jonathan Kaminga. He has all that athleticism, but there have been too many possessions where. He doesn't look like he knows where he's where he's go- what he's doing or where he's yeah. supposed to be. So and yeah. you constantly see Draymond like that's my favorite <laughs> thing now. Draymond just like hold with the basketball dribbling in his left hand. Yeah, telling him where to go. I love that. That's that's for the video audience right there. Not exactly for the podcast audience, but that was me uh, pointing my finger and telling do you like a, to run I'll, around the screen. Yeah, I'll do uh, like a like for the visually impaired. I'll describe Stephen points to the camera. In a very frantic matter. <laughs> if you watch Draymond, you know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know. Um, but props to Mike Brown. Um, he joins a long list of Warriors assistant coaches who become Kings, Sacramento Kings head coaches. And we've always heard that Mike has been interviewing for other jobs. And he always says, you know, why would I leave the Warriors when I have a good opportunity right here? I'm only going to leave when I have the perfect situation. I don't know if the Kings are the perfect situation. They must be giving him a lot of control. Um, but, I mean, I wish the best for Mike Brown. He's going to get that team to play better, but whew, that is a tough franchise to win with. Oh, it was interesting, man, when Halliburton got traded to the Pacers and they had that big old trade. Um, there's this podcast I listen to called The Mismatch. It has Chris Vernon, who's actually a Grizzlies analyst, and you know, there you could tell that there's the uh, Grizzlies favorit- favoritism coming into yeah. play on mm-hmm. some on some of his takes, but for the most part, he tries to keep it reasonable. And then Kevin O'Connor uh, from the Ringer, they they both do a great job, and it's an awesome basketball podcast to listen to. But he said early on in the season that Halliburton uh, did not like the Kings, no matter what Halliburton said. He said he was like hoping to build his future here and all this stuff. But the way that they did business, he just wasn't a fan of it, and he was not gelling with that team. So mm-hmm. I don't know what situation Mike Brown is going into right now. It's uh, oh boy. You know, I mean, at least you got Demontis Sabonis, and yeah, you can, you can, you know, his usage rate is going to be sky high, and you can run place and sets off the elbow. Ooh, great! I, you, I wish the best for Mike Brown. Um. And, you know, if things don't pan out, not that I'm suggesting they they won't, he'll be welcomed back with open arms by Steve Kerr. So, um, yeah, I I hope he has success there, but that's going to be tough in, in that situation. Mm. Um, but, we're you know, we're glad to have him fill the role, the role right now. Uh, you know, hopefully Steve comes back soon. But um, I have no 
issues or doubts that Mike Brown will be able to lead this team in Steve Kerr's absence. Uh, other NBA news. Um, mm. Jokic wins MVP for the second consecutive year. And I guess I got some bad info that I thought Joel Embiid was going to get that award, but he's not. Um, he earned it. Oh, you mean you get some bad info? What sources are you talking about? I saw that tweet and I saw that guy say they were going to give him the, the award when he, when Joel Embiid came back. You need to stop acting like you have sources, man. These things are open to the public, <laughs> but I was the only one that saw it. Oh, okay. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, good, good for Jokic. Uh, he carried that team to the playoffs in the sixth seed. But um, I thought Joel Embiid deserved it more, especially with him coming back now wearing the mask and getting that series tied up. And yeah, I know that's not—it's yeah. playoff thing. I get it, but you know, yeah. But he still has better players on his team than the Nuggets do. I don't know. You can go back yeah, and forth on it. It's not, to, it's not to say like both of them could have won it in my opinion. Like you could have given it to either of them, and I would have been okay. Like I would, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe one deserves it more than the other, but then you're just getting into an argument that's just a, what do they call it? A straw man argument? Is that what they call it? Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. Hang on. Straw man I, I, I'm usually wrong when I question you. Like, uh, I looked up funnily enough. That's a thing. Never heard of it before, but. Straw man fallacy occurs when someone takes another person's argument or point, distorts it, or exaggerates it in some kind of extreme way, then attacks the extreme distortion as if it's really the claim the first person is making. Yeah, so it just becomes an argument of, oh, you think Joel Embiid sucks? Well, look at what he did. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it does turn into that. Okay. What was, it, right. what was it called? A straw man's argument? A straw man argument, yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the thing with straw? I don't know. Okay. You want me to look up the origin here? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you sure? All right. You I'm good. I'm gonna, you know what? I'll, I'll just go to the dick up. measuring contest. I'm going to look this up. Hang on. Hang yeah, on. Steven's pulling it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. The history. Perhaps history of straw. This is according to the always reliable Wikipedia. Mm. The term's origins are a matter of debate. Through a usage of the term and rhetoric suggests a human figure made of straw that is easy to knock down or destroy, such as a a military training dummy, scarecrow, or effigy. A common but false etymology is that it refers to men who stood outside of courthouses with a straw in their shoe to signal their willingness to be a false witness. The online etymology dictionary states that that the term man of straw can be traced back to 1620 as an easily refuted imaginary opponent in an argument. Hmm. Okay. Thank you for that, Stephen. Interesting. Yeah. Funny so enough, pretty, though, pretty much, it happens all the time in sports. It's like, hey, yeah, you're essentially straw man argument is you put a words into my mouth. Basically, yes. You try and say one thing and then everyone takes it into a totally different, which which happens all the time. It does. All the time in sports radio. Oh, oh, yeah. I can't stand it. It's like, Jesus Christ. You think that it's just, okay, maybe I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is a bad quarterback. So what? But it's like, it's just like, oh, it's frustrating. Anyway, by the way, your boy, Mike Florio, thinks that he's playing the nice guy too much. Huh? That article. Mike Florio came out with an article saying Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be a bad boy and force his way out of the 49ers. Didn't you say that same thing with Baker Mayfield? Yeah. (laughs) It's just Mike Florio's world and we're all just living in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Monty Williams wins coach of the year and while the Suns had a franchise record in wins they were in the finals last year I thought this award was deserving to Imei Yudoka for getting the Celtics to where they were as the second seed they were not expected to do a lot this season a lot of people said it was going to be a rebuild year and they are right now 2-2 with the Milwaukee Bucks the defending champions I thought that was his award 
Yeah, but, you know, then the playoffs happened yesterday and there was the issue. I mean, I'm 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 just I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, but there was the issue with him not putting Grant there him not putting Grant Williams in when Grant Williams has been the best defender on any team's star big man from their team so far this season. So, he kept Grant You're Williams talking about yesterday? Yeah. But they won the game. Huh? Celtics won the game yesterday. Oh, you're talking about Saturday? Yes. Okay. Uh, I heard uh, Al Horford had an amazing block on Giannis and had a great oh, game yesterday. Al Hor- Horford was awesome. He had like 30 points. He I heard, yeah. On, he just kept on shooting everything. It was great. I wish I watched that game, but I had to watch Kurt Warner try to get to the Arena League yesterday. You're flying. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and every series in the NBA is tied up to um, Dallas and Phoenix. That that series has turned, even though I still think Phoenix is going to win that series. Chris Paul turned 37 and kind of had a, a rough, you know, getting older moment of not playing well. But the bigger thing was on Mother's Day, uh, someone trying to fight his mom and that whole situation. Good Lord. Yeah. Wrong with people. Yeah, man. He's uh, I mean, this kid looked like an absolute tool. One of those 17 year olds who's I don't know this new thing now. It's like it, it's it, it's with the high schoolers. The new thing is to have like feathered hair. <laughs> it's it's to grow out your hair at the top. So it's feathered. Your hair's not like that. No, it's like more just straight slick back. These guys like have it super long. You think going this is down. slick back? This is pushed back. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's feathered going yeah. down the top and like it's shaved you, all around the sides. You, it's a very specific look. You look wait, 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 put put your hair like that again. Wait, where it's pushed down. You look just like the guy from um Swingers, the guy that plays NHL hockey with Fitzvon. Really? Yeah. I think I was I'm talking told, about I think I was told that once. Yeah. Now I kind of look like a Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. What up? <laughs> oh, wait, he's a douchebag in that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that series is tied up. The Celtics and Bucks is tied up 2-2. That's an interesting series. And the Heat and 76ers, I think, are playing right now. And that series is tied up. And Joel Embiid has changed things in that series. So uh, Warriors are sitting pretty. And the rest of the, fi- or the, rest of the series are uh, interessante, as mm. Bonte would say. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I I would know, but I'm not really watching the game right now. Well, we'll finish up quickly. <laughs> um, so the story of the day that we started the show off with, uh, Tom Brady, oh boy, gets a 10-year, $375 million contract when he retires from football. Who knows when that will be? And uh, he is going to be the lead analyst for Fox NFL Sundays, and no one knows if he's going to be good. But hey, it's Tom Brady, so here's the money you're going to get paid. Mate, you're going to you're, you're going to get paid forty million dollars a year. That's way more than what Troy Aikman's making. That's way more than what Tony Romo's way, making. And you got to wonder: are these other guys are just like, damn, I need to talk to my agent, or is Peyton Manning being like, what am I doing sitting on my ass with Eli? I should be in the booth now making more money. But apparently, he wants to go own the Broncos or be in some group that's going to own the Broncos. So I think Peyton's doing just fine with money. No, I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I know it, it, it's not like Peyton Manning doesn't have two pennies to s- squeeze together. But yeah. what I'm saying is, it's just like there's an opportunity now where player like guys like Tom Brady, established names are making more money than what they were playing football. Like 
for years, Tom Brady was making, what, $17, $18 million a year for the New England Patriots, and now he's making $40 million a year when he's ready to go be, you know, in the booth with Kevin Burkhart, and Kevin Burkhart does all the work and has to now listen to how much money Tom Brady makes? Good Lord. Good Lord. It's the worst. Life isn't fair. Like, that's just (laughs) it. Life is not fair, especially when you've been the most bland quarterback of all time as the greatest of all time. He's got no personality. He's a weirdo. Like, that's what I see from Tom. I don't know, man. Have you you seen those TikToks of his? Oh, boy. He looks like a robot. Like, he looks like an actual human robot. Yeah. He, He like he's. He's elevated himself to that level. I, I think of this. I think of this with all superstar athletes because I think Tom Brady elevated himself more than any other football player um, because he's just worldwide, like world renowned Tom Brady. Like you know who Tom Brady is. Yeah. Um, and I think that that makes you kind of a different type of dude. It's the same way I look at like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't. I don't know what he's like, and it's probably unfair. For me to do this, actually, it is completely unfair just for me to call him weirdos and you know who the hell. Am hey, I? but just your opinion, and, man. And it's also me. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind yeah. of a weirdo. Uh, so I know what a weirdo <laughs> when I see one. But uh, like, he's just so robotic, and it it, it doesn't feel like it, it. He knows that he's the star, though, and everybody has his eyes on him. I just maybe he could bring some insight, but. I mean, is he going to be better than Tony Romo? Like it was when he first started. Like, what's that? Oh, what's I don't that? know, Jim. Oh, we got to play here. At least Tony Romo shows some emotion, though. Like Tom Brady, I can't tell whether he's laughing, whether he's crying, except for when you know he is crying and with that video with the long hair and he was doing. Oh, the, I don't want to be a plumber, please. I don't want to be a car insurance. Yeah, that salesman. kind, of, that kind of thing. But like, you you need to have some personality in your voice, in my opinion. Tony Romo at least has that. Like, yeah, what is the personality in Tom Brady's voice. He doesn't it's, have any. It, it's going to be hard for Frank Kellyanne to find an impression for Tom Brady. It really is, man. And maybe he could be funny. Maybe it could be, you know, and, and maybe I just could be hating. But you could be hating. And I also don't. I mean, like, or I am hating. I mean, well, yeah, we, I mean, we, we always have hate, hate, hate here. Uh, when we're just jealous of people making money. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Tony Romo. I have, I was skeptical of that at first, and he was really good at predicting plays. And then someone got in his ear and told him stop doing that. And now he's like doing stand up comedy every time he's doing with Jim Nance. Like, oh, what's yeah. going on in the field, Jim? There's some hooligans going on. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, there's a there's a plastic bag floating through the wind. Do you listen to Katy Perry, Jim? <laughs> I remember he said that once. He did. God. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my question. I know it's been asked today, but I'm going to ask it here too. So Fox has a Super Bowl this season. And let's just say Tom Brady does not make the Super Bowl this year. Are they mm-hmm. going to throw him in the fire and say, let's do this thing? You're going to broadcast the Super Bowl with Kevin Burkhart and poor Greg Olson, who probably tomorrow will be announced as the lead broadcast analyst for Fox for now. And then his job will be taken away from him when Tom Brady's ready to go. Wait, so you're saying this year? I'm saying this year. If Tom the, the Super Bowl is, is on Fox in Arizona, Tom Brady, if he doesn't make the Super Bowl, does Fox just I mean they're, they're gonna get ratings regardless. It's the Super Bowl. But do they want Tom Brady, since he's available, to broadcast with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson in that game? Oh 
gosh. I mean, they're no, they're not going to have him broadcasting the game. They'll I don't know, him, dude. I don't know. They'll have him on like the pregame show stuff. No, you're you know? probably right. They're probably they're going to have him there. They're going to have him. Um. Oh boy, he's going to turn into. Oh, he's going to turn into the uh, uh, the two step crew because every two time that crew. yeah, the Fox NFL Sunday guys, whenever they show him in a full stand up shot, they're just oh. constantly two stepping from side to side. Yeah, it's like keep. Especially Tony the, Gonzalez. Watch Tony Gonzalez dancing with time. football shots when they, they yeah, get all the guys together. Just be like, we're, we're getting ready for the pregame show. It's, hey, it's go not on, even guys. that. They're just, Whoa, they're just hey. constantly leaning from side to side and yeah. can't stay still. It's the two step crew. They like, they like take one step. You'll you'll watch Tony Gonzalez. He does it all the time. He like can't stay still, so he has to move right leg out front. All right, we're gonna put the right leg out front, <laughs> and then we'll put the left leg out front. All right. Yeah been been five seconds all right we're gonna move back to this awkward position like yeah. they don't know how to stand on tv so maybe tom brady's perfect for the job maybe and yeah i i don't know how this is gonna go but it's tom brady he's a big name i'm surprised he wants to do this like it's a 10-year contract keep talking i gotta grab my uh, mac charger i'm sorry fine i'll, I'll talk but I'm uh tom, i got you on loud i can listen to you when i'm getting no, no no you're you're fine you're fine Tom, I, I'm surprised Tom Brady wants to do this because we heard all the speculation about him wanting to be a part of the Dolphins' ownership. He signs a 10-year contract, and I just have doubts that he's going to fulfill this because one day he may wake up and be like, I'm Tom Brady. I don't need to do this. I can do whatever the hell I want. So, and he's, you know, he's going to get into acting. He's got that movie where he's hanging out with the Cougars, whatever the hell that movie is. Um, but yeah, he... He's I'm I'm just shocked that he wants to spend every Sunday traveling from city to city doing an NFL game. He's going to be in meetings. If the if, you know, Fox gets a Patriots game, he's going to be in a production meeting with Bill Belichick. That's going to be fun. Um, I just don't know why he would want to be into this. But apparently, you know, Fox made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. This was actually the real godfather offer that the Jets mm. were going to give the Niners. This is the real godfather offer. Yeah. Do you think that the. Him and Giselle's marriage just can't be going too great. <laughs> After he said, "It's like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take back. some time with, I'm gonna take some time with my family, discuss some things." All right, you know what? I'm coming back. And by the way, honey, I've just locked up my life for the next ten years. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like watching Man in the Arena, and I still haven't watched the last episode. They made it pretty apparent that she like is sick of him doing this stuff. Yeah, I would be too if I was yeah. her. Yeah, and it, it, it's an 18-week thing now, it, plus the playoffs. So he's he's doing the full grind again. It's not like every day again. Everything you know, he's not going to be the quarterback of a team. He's not going to hit. His body will be fine. He may actually start eating normally like a human being. <laughs> but uh, that, that'd be hilarious if Tom Brady just got fat on the broadcast oh. now, just fat Tom Brady. I'm I'm actually I'm into that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, there's, you don't think no, so? There, there, there's no way the TB12 people are like, yeah, we, we, we can't have you looking out of shape. You, you need to stay the way you look for the rest of your life. <laughs> he's, freaking, he's, just, he's just hawking the TB12 method like on the broadcast. Oh, I, I could see that. And yeah, it's, it's just, you know, like my dad, me and my dad talked about it this morning. And he was like, Joe Montana did TV for two years and got tired of it fast. Just so when you're a big name, like you just realize you don't have to do it. But then again, like, you know, there's some guys that are just into it. Like, um, the reason I bring up the Super Bowl thing is because Joe Thiesman, Thiesman, some people call him, but that's his real name, 
when he was playing, he called the Super Bowl while he was still a member of the Washington Redskins. I think it was the 1984 Super Bowl between the Niners and the, the Dolphins. He's on the broadcast. So I'd be interested to see if Tom Brady is interested or not interested, you know, contractually obligated if he's not playing to participate in the Super Bowl in some form or fashion. Hmm. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I, Tom Brady. I know. He won't be out of our lives, Stephen. He will be on TV every Sunday. And that's the part that is crazy to me is that I understand you want a big name. You Like, we always complain, like, I know some people are going to say, like, you could put anybody on the broadcast. We'll be fine. No. That's why people hate Steve Levy. That's why people got tired of Booger McFarland. You can't just put anybody on the broadcast. People will complain. He's but a safe option, man. That's what he is. He's safe. Tom Brady? Yes. It's just like, he's hey, safe. he's not going to say. He's like Drew Brees. He's not going to say anything too out of character. He's not going to go on some crazy tangent that makes the NFL look bad. He's going to yeah. be a company man. He's going to make this and he's going to bring in a lot of viewers for the fans. And this is what, you know, this is what uh, Peyton Manning does when he has all everything going on at ESPN and they just created that other booth and they got Amazon Prime and Fox. uh, They're just being safe, man. And and, and how about him going to Fox and the Murdoch family reported it this morning on Fox and Friends? Good Lord. It's very on brand. Um, speaking of, uh, he's going to be OAN's football correspondent. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, speaking of, uh, players going into media, uh, Richard Sherman, I guess is reportedly close to being part of the Amazon prime, uh, I guess studio pregame show. Cause that's already been locked in. It's going to be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. But yeah, Richard Sherman, uh, I was around him a little bit when he was at the NFL network studios. And he's always been great. He's got his own podcast. He's fantastic to listen to. So I think he's going to do great things at Amazon Prime. You want the you you want the idea of someone who is not a safe pick. Like Richard Sherman is that type of dude. He's going to keep it real, which is fantastic mm-hmm. if you're a viewer. Like if you're if you're a viewer, this is awesome. I th- I have a feeling the NFL is not going to like some of the things that he has to say because Richard Sherman is very honest and he's going to be and I think he's going to bring that to the to this. I'm way more excited for Richard Sherman than I would be for Tom Brady. Like way no, I'm more with you. excited. I I'm with you Steven and I I heard I don't know if this is 100% but I heard that Pat McAfee's going to be involved and you, I'm sure the NFL is not going to be happy with some of the words he's going to use. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch will probably drop some fucks. Um Yeah, you don't else? have to you don't have to no. censor yourself, right? Am- Amazon Prime is, you know, full go and I I don't I don't I, I don't know if they want an edgy broadcast. Maybe they do. Like, you know, you're still going to have, you know, children watching this, but who the fuck cares? I know, right? They can, they Come can on, find, children. Look, they got TikTok. They can find way worse on TikTok. Yeah, Tom Brady TikToks. Yeah, like I'm, I'm watching a chef video on how to make some food, like how to make this pasta dish, and then they're like, ooh, shit, and they're playing something in the background. It's like you can find that anywhere. The swearing, what? we need to get over that. Why? Why you can't can you just look that up on like a cookbook or something? You gotta use TikTok. It just pops up on Instagram. It's more of an Instagram thing. Just pops that up. So, on my that feed. is so mid of you. Is it? I don't know because I, I made these last night. How mid is this? All right, bro. Hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up. I'm gonna pull this up and I'm gonna embarrass you, bro. Oh boy. Are, are you showing us pasta you made last night? No. 
What are you showing me? Showing you something even better. If I could, <laughs> if I could figure out how to put this on. <laughs> Hang on. I got Real it. quick. I chose yeah, it. Well, yeah, keep going. Okay, I, I was, I was going to say you brought up Drew Brees. It was rumored that Drew Brees was close to leaving NBC and becoming the lead analyst for Fox, but apparently Fox was like, "No thanks." Yeah, as they should. He's boring. Well, get used to on NBC, buddy. He's staying. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Drew Brees. These quarterbacks, man. Like, uh, give me a Keeb Talib. You know, give me something I like love, that. I love. In the words of Zachariah, Kib Talib. Kib Talib. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, that gets me every time. Do you All have right. this poster? What are you trying to show me? I'm I'm looking for it. Hang on. I need okay. To, I need to figure it out here. Window. Window. Oh, are you trying on. to show it on the the streamer? Yeah, I'm trying to show it on the All stream. Right. All, right. All right. When when but, when you find it, you interrupt me. But um, move, yeah, move on to your next. I'm just gonna put it up there, and you'll see. You'll see it. Yeah. Uh. Well, we got some NFL schedule leakage. Uh, Ooh, leakage. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, leakage. <laughs> Weird term. Hey, Elena's Elena. Elena liked it. Um, yes, she did. <laughs> she she had to text us. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to comment on that. <laughs> Come okay. on, leakage. Um, the NFL is leaking out their own schedules now. Uh, Monday, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck left Fox. Apparently, Fox didn't have enough money to give Troy Aikman. They gave it all to Tom Brady. And they're going to be on ESPN now and ABC, and they released their double header that's going to happen week two, and it's the Titans at Bills, and then it's going to be the Vikings at Eagles, and those games are going to overlap, which I'm not a fan of. Like the whole point of these nationally televised games are to watch them separately. Like that's mm-hmm. the you know the NBA playoffs do a good job with that, NHL playoffs do a, a poor job of that in my opinion. You don't need to stagger. You know, you know, don't stagger the game. Spread them out. Let's let's do this. You don't want games happening simultaneously. But I guess the NFL doesn't want games being played at ten o'clock at night Eastern time. But um, if that's like the big thing that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing, you know, Vikings and Eagles, like that's the new games they're doing. That's no different than a Steve Levy game, in my opinion. Like that's the, that's the same stuff that ESPN was getting for years. Yeah. No, that's 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 really no different. And there is no difference. And uh, today it was announced this won't be the opening game for the Rams. Christmas Day, uh, boy, Rams are Broncos at Rams Christmas Day. The NBA must hate this shit. The NFL is taking over Christmas Day, too. Now they're going to have three games Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, NFL is taking over everything. Like we're talking about it now. When the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs and baseball are going on, this schedule release show will – oh, this the- <laughs> Out of look nowhere. At what the hell is this? this look is at that. That's what we call, you're going to like this name, Mr. Football, Hasselbeck Potato. Oh, why is that? Why is that? Because I don't know. But <laughs> you, you put two wooden spoons hor- uh, uh, parallel to each other. You put the the you put it around the potato. Then Actually, you cut good. it in such a way so that you don't cut all the way through. Then you put it in the oven. After you put a bunch of uh, butter and oil and salt and pepper on it, I'm telling you, man, absolute fire. So you make you make fun of the Instagram thing more. <laughs> then I then look at that. Put a little provolone cheese in the middle of all those. Oh, oh you got provolone? Mm. Actually, Next time- the, the cheese didn't add anything. It was my first time doing it. I'm not going to add any provolone to that again. Why not? 
It's just it didn't add anything. I, I don't need the provolone in it. I'll just put a little you know, a little sriracha or something. What about uh bacon bits? Well, a little bacon. Oh, provolone? bacon bits would work. Yeah, I don't I'm have bacon you. bits though. See, we should do our own Instagram cooking show now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, NFL schedule leakage. The whole thing will come out on Thursday, and that may rival the ratings as far as these playoff games. I know you know, Stephen. I know like when it comes to like non-playing stuff, you're not a huge fan. But like this schedule stuff is going to like probably outrate these NBA playoff games. Sadly enough, I'll believe that when I see it. (laughs) Okay. And by the way, I don't know if this is official, but I saw someone tweet this out that the Bills will play the Ravens in Baltimore Thanksgiving night. So that would maybe be your Thanksgiving primetime game. That'd be a good one. That would be a good one. I don't know the Ravens. The Ravens are they going to be? They're going to be that much better this year. They're we'll going to see be who worse. We'll, we'll see who they throw to this season because they don't have a wide receiver. But apparently, they're pushing hard for Jarvis Landry. Ah. If that's your if that's your number one. Ooh. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is a nice possession receiver. He's a perfect number two, but not really a number one. Yeah. So, Stephen, uh, Friday night, uh, well, Friday morning, I should say, uh, we got the news that Dan uh, Ventrelli. Wow, 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 wow. Anyway. <laughs> Dan Ventrelli, president of the Las Vegas Raiders, was fired a year after Mark Bedane was fired. And no one knows really why Mark Bedane was fired. And then when this came out, we were like, what the hell's going on here? It was a very brief statement from Mark Davis saying we have terminated Dan Ventrelli as president of the Las Vegas Raiders. We have no further comment, which was kind of sketch at the time. And then later on, we get this story. From Van uh, Dan Ventrelli himself. Let me pull up the actual article so I can get everything right. Hang on. Oh, God. Where is this? Oh, jeez. Show that picture of the potatoes real quick, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to fill the time you in the void in the dead air. I got it. I got it. You want me to find it? I got it. I got it. I got it. Fine. All right. You ready? All right. This is from Dan Ventrelli later that night after he was fired. Today, Mark Davis terminated my employment as president of the Las Vegas Raiders. I've committed almost 18 years of my life to the success of the Raiders as general counsel and president. I take that responsibility very seriously, which is why multiple written complaints from employees that Mark created a hostile work environment and engaged in other potential misconduct caused me grave concern. When Mark was confronted about these issues, he was dismissive and did not demonstrate the warranted level of concern. Given this, I informed the NFL of these issues and of Mark's unacceptable response. Soon thereafter, I was fired in retaliation for raising these concerns. I firmly stand by my decision to elevate these issues to protect the organization and its female employees. I remain committed to doing everything in my power to support the Raiders and the Las Vegas community. I now call home. I have retained counsel and will will have no further comment at this time. Stephen, I'm going to hold my tongue for for a little bit. Your thoughts on this? Who's surprised by this? Like, honestly, who's surprised by this? I mean, these other NFL owners, too, they must be looking at this and thinking, (laughs) Mark, hostile work environment. (laughs) This is child's play. Are you kidding me? I just, I, I just, I just bribe my coach to lose games with a hundred thousand dollars each. You think hostile work environment means anything? (laughs) I'm here in Washington and I have used my cheerleaders as a way to, uh, how should I put it? 
dehumanize other people like it's just everything about it it's not surprising you know with it happening so swiftly and then the message being put out by mark davis on the raiders twitter which was just super eerie like man they did the same thing when they said that we're not picking up the fifth year option uh, of cleveland furl and abram and jacobs it's like they have to make a formal announcement about it and put it on their twitter i don't understand it man it's just like, where do we go from here is my question. Like, that's that's it. Like, do, do do the league owners put it to a vote? Because, like, as they say, the league owners, they work for Roger Goodell, or Roger Goodell works for them, rather. Yeah. So yeah. how much does Roger Goodell and Mark Davis get along? I think that has to play into it. I, I wonder just what's next. That's my biggest question from this, because Mark Davis just time and time again has proven that he is not sp- – fit to run a football team to own a football team he's been trying to live in his dad's shadow through this entire thing and it just hasn't worked you hired john gruden john gruden had a bunch of those emails and you were mad that those were released to the nfl and that those were a part of the investigation and you're still mad about it probably mark davis who knows uh, who knows with this ventrelli here who quite frankly i'd never heard of until he got fired like who knows what else he? What, who knows what that de- those details are? That's the other question: is what are those complaints? What are the specifics? Because hostile work environment and potential misconduct is very vague. I need to know a little more here. I want to. I want to see this other stuff because I wonder if it ties into John Gruden and what he did last year. Mm, that's a good point. I know you bring up Daniel Snyder and Stephen Ross, and the sad thing about those guys' situations are. The NFL likes those guys. That's just the truth. They yeah. bring in money, and it's going to be hard to vote them out. I like that you still have the potato in the corner. The potato's um, the logo now. That's a new logo for the show. <laughs> just your just just your potato, man. <laughs> um, so the truth is, the NFL and their owners don't like Mark Davis. It wasn't him getting them to Vegas. It was the league as a whole getting them to Vegas. It was more Mark Bedane, really, getting them to Vegas. He was the brains of the operation. I sat with my dad in... Uh, excuse me. I sat with my dad in Buffalo. It sounded like you were about to cry there. I know. <laughs> you really did. You sounded like you were getting choked up, which you did, but... I was like, not... getting, getting a little verklempt. Um, <laughs> I was sitting with my dad in Buffalo. <laughs> I was sitting with my dad in Buffalo when the story came out. I showed him the story, and he was like, Wow. Yeah, I'm not surprised by this. Yeah. Um, and he said that Dan Ventrelli is a stand up guy. So if he says something, he probably is telling the truth. And why would he not in this situation? You right. know, probably with Mark Bedane's situation was he was told to sign an NDA when he got fired and Dan refused and good on him to tell the world what's going on. Um. Dan Ventrelli was working with a lot of the business operations. He was the guy that kind of orchestrated the Khalil Mack trade, funny enough. But, um, you know, when you want to do that stuff, you're behind the potato now. Look at you. You're just figuring everything out on the stream as we go along. I I knew I knew I was going to do this. I was wondering. I was waiting for the opportune time. But anyway, keep going about a very deep subject. I know. Uh, it's I, honestly, I I. I I get no glee out of this just because I know I'm biased and I'm not a fan of Mark Davis. And I know that a lot of Raider fans are happy with what he did and getting the team to Las Vegas and, you know, 
I will, I'll say this. Anybody that refers to Mark Davis as Mr. Davis, please stop. There's only one Mr. Davis, and that was Al Davis, okay? This is Marky Mark, in my opinion. And Chili. And Chili? Davis. Oh, right, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know the details of these allegations at all, so I'm not going to speculate, but I'm not surprised by any of this stuff, and that's all I have to say about it. No. And you were just putting potatoes everywhere. Dude, this, this Hasselbeck <laughs> potato is getting us viewers, man. I was very proud of it. Look at the cheese melted in the middle there. It's yeah, fantastic. no, I'm I'm with you though. Like, how is how is anyone going to be surprised by this? Like anybody. But again, what's next? Like that's it. What's next? I mean, the league. If, if more stuff comes out, uh, they they could put it to a vote. They 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 voted out Jerry Richardson, uh, owner of the Carolina Panthers, and that's how um, David Tepper got ownership of the Panthers. Mark Davis is not well liked by the other owners in the league when it comes to the league meetings. He, there's 31 owners and then they put Mark Davis in the kids room. That's just the truth. Yeah. So they have not sit at the kids I'm, table during yeah. Thanksgiving when football's going on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I know I'm going to sound biased here. That's just the truth guys. He is not held in the same regard as the other owners. So I wish nothing but the best for the Raiders this season. I really do because they have a, the potential to be a great team this season. Obviously the acquisition of Devonte Adams, Chandler Jones, they have all the potential in the world to be a great team. And I hope that this situation does not screw with that because they had to deal with so many off-the-field issues a season ago. I don't think it will because I think the Miami Dolphins will be fine, even with the Stephen Ross stuff. As long as Josh McDaniels is the one running the football team as far as the play on the field and Dave Ziegler is doing things in the front office, I think they'll be fine. But... We'll see what happens with Mark Davis. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I wouldn't be surprised if more stuff comes out and it is appalling and disgusting that he will lose this team. Yeah, Jerry McDonald had a uh, had a good uh, a good point because he said, I mean, he's the part owner of the Las Vegas Aces, yep. like a WNBA team, and something comes out that he's created a hostile work environment and there's been some misconduct going on. Like clearly, the Aces have to be doing some sort of investigation on this. That's true. It's not, it's not going to end well for him, man. It's just not. I know. And Mark can have all the good PR he wants with telling everybody, you know, just vaccinated people are coming to the stadium and tweeting out whatever he tweeted out after the George Floyd trial. But he could look like a real bad guy here if bad things start to come out. You don't think that. There are other businesses in Vegas, guys in Vegas that could easily just buy oh. the team from him. Like, well, <laughs> let me let me ask you this. And I don't want this to happen, but let me just ask you this: um, How would you feel if Elon Musk bought the Raiders? Nope. Okay. Sorry. All right. Hang there, on. There. I, tried to, I tried to click that on my background here. I'm trying to get rid of this potato. It's kind of bothering me. <laughs> You're so focused on this potatoes. Yeah, I know. It's well, I mean, like, you know, I'm trying to focus on the conversation. It's taking me away from it. So I'm trying to uh, be professional here, you know, Derek, as I, as I like to be a professional guy. Um, okay. Where'd you come up with that? I just thought about it, but that's, that's not happening. <laughs> okay. I was, like, <laughs> I was just trying to think of like, I don't know. Like, what do you know? I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing, but I just I threw that out there just to be like eh, he just bought Twitter, but he 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 can't buy the Raiders. I'm just trying to think of like a Vegas Vegas guy that would, you know, buy the team. 
Wayne Newton. Okay. Hello, Raider Nation. <laughs> I just bought the team, and we're going to have great things with Donald Parnum from Mississippi. <laughs> All right, enough about that. Let's talk about the actual team itself. Um, the guy that I've been talking about for a while, Kyle Van Noy, who I thought would be a good fit with the team, signed with the Chargers of all teams. So he will be a backup to Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and they can play him kind of – he's like a Swiss Army knife when it comes to defensive scheme. So he could play middle linebacker. He could play anywhere on that defensive front, and that's a good acquisition by them, which makes me believe that the Raiders – are going to roll with Chandler Jones as their outside linebacker, pass rusher. And Max Crosby, I don't know if he's gaining weight that he could play on the defensive line in a 3-4 scheme. So, Steven, it sounds like Max Crosby's playing outside linebacker in this defense, in my opinion. Mm. How do you feel about that? Well, it's an illusion of complexity. I know, I know, I know. The old illusion of complexity. That's what Patrick Tram is running. Do you like the fact that Max Crosby will be rushing the passer and possibly going into coverage? No. Well, no, I do not because he exclusively is a pass rusher. That was an issue I always had with Khalil Mack when he was put as an outside linebacker. They'd always drop him into coverage. It's like, don't do that with Mack. You don't need to drop him into coverage. It's but then fine. they get a pick six on Cam Newton. Yeah, I know. But I don't know what's going to happen with that. I was hoping for Kyle Van Noy, too. You got my hopes up. Sorry. Didn't end up happening. I don't know why. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I, All right. I, I really like, I, yeah, I, it's too early to tell because I need yeah. a little, I need a little training camp. I don't know what Patrick Graham's about the illusion of complexity. I keep using that as some sort of reasoning. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> that was the most honest I've heard you ever. Been. You know what I mean? I've like, been saying that shit for months and I got to tell you, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't know what the hell he means by. I don't think even Patrick Graham means. knows what it means. I don't, I don't know if he does. knows either. Like, is there going to be a traditional three four four three scheme to this team? Uh, he's going to switch know. it up. He's going to switch it up. Yeah, man. I, I mean, depending on the coverage, based on that, like, I don't know. I'm more wondering if they're going to sign that free agent cornerback, James, James Bradbury. I was yeah. literally just about to bring it up. He knows Bradbury from coaching him in New York last year. That'd be a good acquisition. They they missed it on Stephon Gilmore. I don't know how many corners they need. I mean, they you know, Trayvon Mullen's been hurt from time to time, and it would be a good acquisition. But this guy is looking to get $10, 12000000 million a year. I don't know how much cap space the Raiders have left. I think the Eagles are in the mix for him. It sounded like they were close to trading James Bradbury to the Texans, so he just may sign there. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's probably the biggest name free agent left right now. Yeah, uh, and, and Raiders should get him. Like if there's anyone that he's going to go to the Ra- Benjamin Albright, who's from Denver and who's very plugged in, says that the Raiders are the team to watch out for. So I don't know what that means. Uh, I hope that means something because Benjamin Albright's normally really plugged in. So I'm, I'm, mm, I, I'd like him there so he could be a part of this illusion of complexity. Illusion of complexity. Stephen, uh, you are a big Giants fan. Uh, what day was it this weekend? The Buster Posey Day. Saturday. Did you watch any? No, I listened okay. to it. I listened to it a little bit. Um, good, and, good tribute to Buster. Yeah, it was fine. It, you know, had the Giants. The, the Giants love to go all out when it comes to honoring somebody, as they should. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Benji Molina comes out. Brian Wilson comes out. Uh, I thought Buster Posey looked fantastic. 
Oh yeah, um, he was looking, looking fresh, looking very thin. Um, uh, you know, he clearly just uh didn't need doesn't need to bulk up because he's not a catcher anymore. I don't know those ceremonies, man. They're they're really cool, and you can get all sentimental about them, but. There's so many that happen nowadays. It's just like, all right, this year we're celebrating this team and celebrating that team. And it's fun to look back. But ultimately, and this is how I feel about after every single one of these days. Wow, that was kind of underwhelming. It's (laughs) okay. Like, I like to be there. I would have liked to have been there, but like watching it on TV and stuff. Jesse gets very emotional about that sort of thing. She's the type to uh, to tear up when she sees that. She loves that stuff. I don't know me. I'm just kind of like, whatever. It was all right. It was cool. you mean you didn't cry when Home Alone director Christopher Columbus came out to honor Buster Posey? <laughs> hey, Buster, you probably don't know who I am, but uh, I love you in those commercials. All right, I'm, uh, I'm out of here. Benji Molina, by the way, that's the one. Wow. Benji Molina got big. He did, he did get a little big. That was the first thing my dad said was, whoa, look at Benji. Yeah, big old dude. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. The Giants are a weird team right now. They're just kind of like they're winning, yeah. but there's they're not very good. I don't really know what to make of them. Better than the A's right now. Good lord. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of crashing back to reality here. Well, they just won the second of their doubleheader. I know, one. but what was it? An eight game losing streak before that? Nine game? Yeah, not very good. Yeah, not very good. Uh, Patrick Marlowe officially retiring today, and uh, I think that's a guy that. No, uh, oh, we're getting corrected here. You mean Harry Potter one and two director Chris Columbus? Thank you, Jesse. Um, Patrick Marlowe, probably one of the more underappreciated Bay Area athletes, is retiring today after 23 seasons. Originally with the Sharks, and came back and forth with the team. But um, I'm not gonna pretend like I know a lot of Patrick Marlowe, but I have watched him play and he's a great player. So props to Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, man. He, uh, he was about as quiet of a star as you could have. Like this dude was an absolute menace on the ice and it didn't even look like he ever opened his mouth. He just never showed much emotion. <laughs> like he just was stone faced at all times. Um, but nobody ever get never, ever gives him the respect that he deserves for the longevity like if he was this type of player on, let's say, the Warriors or the Niners, the Giants, hell, even the A's too. Like I, I think he would have gotten a lot more love. It's just because of the the sport that he plays for, and the Bay Area yeah. is not necessarily a, a hockey town. Although I think San Jose is. I I I do think San Jose really is a hockey town. Like people love this sport out here. It's just different than the rest of the Bay Area because, I mean, they're they're nowhere close to it. Um. But yeah, man, Patrick Marlowe, like right up there in games played. I'd have to pull up the stats here. I was going to do something tomorrow for him uh, on the pregame show just to kind of illustrate the type of career that he had. But man, Patrick Marlowe was was always a stud. And him and Joe Thornton, the way that they led those teams, they just could never win the big one. I mean, I'm sure if they would have won the Stanley Cup, then maybe he would have gotten a little more recognition. Probably. But he just never did. He just never did. Patrick Marlowe, captain, and really got the appropriate, uh, never got the appropriate send off, I think, when he was gone. So, yeah. yeah, but uh, from all that I've read about him today, it sounds like he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, yes, Pat's or props to Patty Marlowe. Can I uh, can I play something here? Yeah, as always, Stephen, please, because this was something that happened. What if I just said no? Well, I mean, then all right, that's fine. You don't even know what it is. Maybe you'd be missing out. Well, now I'm curious. Yeah, there like you go. Uh, Taylor Jenkins. Because I don't want to, I know we're going to move off to other subjects here, and I don't want to. No, I, I actually was going to end the show here, but if you want to play right. something. I just want to admit, so this was how it was billed on the notifications. 
and the tweets and stuff, but they said that this broadcaster swore. Listen to the analyst here in the background um, from the Guardians when their team okay. uh, uh, makes an error or, or, or something like that. Just listen to this and tell me if you hear the swear word. Okay. Shocking to me. There's a ball hit toward right field. Sheets coming in. Drops oh. the ball. The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home. In the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets just simply watched it. I mean, I, I thought it might drop in front when it went off the bat, but when I saw he got there, he might have taken his eye off it. Did you hear that? Of course I heard that. Do you hear that? Because Are you shitting me? That's because, what he said? Because did he say shitting me? Or, or did, he say, me? did he say kidding me at the same time that the broadcaster says oh. sheets? I think they're both be on the same page, but shocking to me. There's a ball hit toward right field. Sheets coming in. Drops oh. the ball. The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home. In the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply. <laughs> what about the timing on that? All right, hold on. Wait, go go back to that part. Just, just go back a little bit if you can. Okay. Yeah. All right, hold on. I just want to listen to this part. In the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply botched it. I mean, you can't tell because Sheets takes over the part. He had to have said kidding. Um, in the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply botched it. <laughs> it's hard to tell, but it, honestly, it sounds... Okay, one more time. One more time. One more time. Sorry, this, this is too much fun now. It's great. Comes home in the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply botched it. No, okay. I, I hear two different things. So I, on the last one, it kind of... Kind of get the definite thing. He says shitting me, and then the guy says sheets a couple seconds later. You think so both? I, you think both of them are? You think he really swore? I do. Play play it one more time and and see if you can hear what I'm hearing. But what I think what was said was, "Are you shitting me?" And then the announcer, the play by play, goes sheets. Comes home in the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you sheets me? Just simply botched it. I don't know about that, man. I I think that yeah, I, who, whoever the analyst this is, this is the white, gold, black and blue dress thing. <laughs> do you hear? Uh, do you oh, hear shitting or do you hear sheets? And kidding in the background, like what do you hear? No, what, what was that like thing? Yon, Yanni or Laurel? Yes, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. That was too much. Um, no, I do think what from what I hear, I hear the guy go, "Are you shitting me?" And as soon as he says shitting. The guy, the play-by-play goes sheets. So is he? He does say, "Are you shitting me?" Comes home in the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you shitting me? Just nope. He says kidding. He says kidding. He he doesn't say sheets. Sheets is the exact at the exact same time. Like I don't buy that he said uh, shitting. And then okay, okay, one more time. God damn it. One more time. I'm telling yeah. you, he says kidding. All right, let me let me play it back here. As Quan comes home in the second base is Owen Miller. Are and you Sheets me? just simply uh, You know it. what? I mean, yeah, maybe I you're mean, right. I'm... He was way too casual. Like, and yeah, but, so, but sometimes forward. that that flies. I remember the, the former Colts broadcaster. There was a game against the Chargers where they were doing a bunch of laterals at the end. And finally it was over and he goes, oh, man. 
Thank fucking God it's over. Well, hey, but here's the other thing. They kept it on their Twitter. I got that straight from the Guardian's Twitter page. Oh, really? So their their broadcasters clearly didn't swear. Like, yeah, but you know what? People are kind of lax now with that. Like, uh, so a little insight. A couple of weeks ago on NFL Network, while I was working, uh, they played the Rams draft trailer. Have you seen that thing? Where's Dennis Quaid? Dennis Quaid again. The rounds been. I actually haven't seen that. I should. Watch. Okay. It was, actually wasn't bad. It was Dennis Quaid as Stan Kroenke, and it was it was an action movie trailer for the to the Rams, even though they didn't have a first or second round pick. But it was very well very well done. But in that trailer, there's a scene where they're like they're doing like the we 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 got to get the crew together, and they go to like different things, like different guys are doing different jobs now, and Aaron Donald is like a teacher, like teaching physics, of course, and someone walks in and goes, "Hey, D." You miss me? And Aaron Donald turns around and goes, ah, shit, here we go again. <laughs> and that was tweeted out by NFL. And because it's such a big production, but they have that line in there. And NFL Network, we we were like, all the producers were like, get it on the air, get it on the air now, get it on the air, get it on the air, get it on the air. And we pushed it out there and we didn't have time to edit it. We didn't listen to it because we thought it was approved by the NFL. So on live on NFL Network, you hear Aaron Donald, you hear Aaron Donald go, Ah oh, shit! Here we go again. <laughs> uh, how'd that go over? No one cared because it was produced by the Rams, and the Rams yeah. were like, "Yeah, we want this thing promoted." Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man, the Amazon Prime thing may get a little filthy. I'm into that. All right. Are you into uh, schedule release shows, Stephen? Sure. All right. Well, we got one on on Thursday, baby. Five o'clock. You and me going live. We may have Tommy Call join us, but I'll, I'll try to get that uh, booked and everything because Tommy Call's a big get these days. You know what I mean? So he's so so he hasn't like you haven't scheduled it. You haven't organized. He said it. he you know I I I haven't got around to texting him today. He said he's down to join us sometime. Um, he gets off of work at five thirty, so I will text him and hopefully Tommy Call joins us to talk about the Warriors, Seinfeld, and everything else he loves. <laughs> You want me to pull up a, another picture because I got him. Uh, you know, I got a couple from his wedding. Tommy Call. Yeah, man. He had, Let's he had a save wedding. those for Thursday if you join. Yeah, me. you know what? I'm going to actually. All right. That'd be fun. Yeah. Good. Good, good call. Good call. All uh, right. Uh, good call for Tommy Call. So, yeah. join us Thursday. Me and Steven will be live starting at five o'clock, right when the schedule comes out, and uh, we will look at the schedule. We're not going to go through and go win loss, win loss like everybody likes to do. We're going to look at the schedule. We're going to see things that we like, what things that are interesting, bye week shit like that. And then we'll move on and talk about Warriors because the Warriors play tomorrow night, and we will see if they close out the series against the Memphis Grizzlies. And if things go according to plan, I may have a little news to share with all of you on Thursday. Jesus Christ, you teased this last week, too. I know, I did. I know. But we're, we're getting close. Jesus. Hurry up already. I hear you. All right. On that note, Stephen, there's the potato. Say what you always say about That's just our potato, man. Good broadcast there. Yeah.